I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, peeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue. Commission as a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, along with my co-host, Dustin Church at Dynasty Junkie FF. And Dustin, we're, we're six weeks through the season. How you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well. My, my contenders are contending. My rebuilds unfortunately this is the year my rebuilds are actually doing pretty good except for i, th I think it's in two leagues but my rebuilds are winning so that's not fun you know like those teams are the ones that haven't been hurt by any of this craziness going on so that kind of sucks <laughs> but other than that like you know we're it's crazy we're already six weeks uh, it seems like the last two weeks were a little crazy it's mellowed down a little bit this week like there's not any crazy news happening um a couple injuries but nothing that major really and so it, it's you know, it's it's a nice week. You know, it looks like my Seahawks are interested in bringing Antonio Brown back, so there's going to be some fireworks <laughs> coming with that. Um, but no, I'm just excited. Thing? No, I'm not really <laughs> looking forward to it. I mean, I have Wilson on all my contenders, so, I mean, that could be fun. Um, more weapons for Wilson, I think, is going to be great. But other than that, it's I'm not really excited about it. But, no, I'm, I'm excited to uh, talk football. We've got some, some fun guests this week, so I'm ready to go. How are you doing? Yeah, same here. Really good. Uh, like you said, halfway, basically about halfway through the fantasy regular season. A lot of interesting stuff going on. Glad to see, though, that uh, the COVID stuff calmed down a little bit this past week. We got all the games off as scheduled for once. Um, and at least so far, no no more new, uh, at least no more new positive tests. They're going to cancel anything, though we still got uh, three or four more days to go. So I guess we'll see here. Um, but yeah, like you said, my, a lot of my contending teams are doing pretty good, so I'm feeling pretty good. And we'll actually touch on what you kind of said about the rebuilding thing a little later in this episode. But let's get to those guests you talked about. Uh, we got two guests on this week, uh, two big supporters and friends of the show. Uh, the first one is Keith Ensminger. Uh, from Dyn he's a writer for Dynasty Nerds. But more importantly, an avid listener of the show, and he submitted a couple listener questions. Uh, that that's really the the highlight uh, for him, not not the dynasty nerd. So Keith, how you doing? Doing well, Rocky. <laughs> Thanks for having us on. And uh, the other guest we have is uh, De Derek Smith, who doesn't write for anybody, but is a very smart fantasy guy, and he's got major connections to the show. He's he's in the listener league. Uh, he's destroying he's, the listener. League. He is destroying. <laughs> he's like two hundred points a week in the listener league, whereas our team friggin' sucks. But um, anyway, he also submitted the very first Find Me a Trade in episode one and, and helped to uh, compile the rookie ADP we did in episode one. So he's been a big uh, supporter of the show. Derek, how you doing? Very well. Thanks for having me. 
I was told this was the uh, Ronald Jones fan club evening. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second, Derek. You calm Three down. Three minutes in. Three minutes <laughs> <I know>. in. <laughs> anyway, before we get to to Mr. Ronald Jones the third, um, I did want to talk a little bit uh, about co-owning teams. It doesn't really fit in any other segment of the show, so we're just going to do it off the top here. Because Derek and Keith, uh, they're in a lot of um, the leagues that I commission. I've mentioned on the show before, I've been really lucky with some good guys in, in a lot of my leagues, and we've talked about commission topics, and these are two of them. Uh, uh, that's why they're in like uh, probably more than half the leagues I run. So uh, why don't you just talk a little bit about co-owning? How do you guys do it? How does it work? Uh, is one of you take the lead more than the other? Keith, why don't you start? Uh, I wouldn't say one of us takes the lead. I mean, it, I'd say it really is a co-owned situation. We, uh, I mean, Derek and I have been friends for, uh, I'd say, 15-plus years or so. Like a lot of good friendships start, we start playing Madden together. We just like met up in college and, hey, let's play Madden. And then, oh, you like <laughs> fantasy football too. And then it just kind of spiraled from there. We did a league together back on ESPN, I mean, like 15 years ago. And... I think we first owned a uh, we first co-owned a team maybe five six years ago. When we first started getting into dynasty, and yeah, like I said, it, I don't think we really take the point on one or the other. It's more of a partner situation. It's a way to stay in touch with each other. I mean, as you grow older and you grow apart, you get families, and it's like, oh hey, why should we talk to each other? Well, let's talk about our dynasty teams, <laughs> and uh, you know, so that's why I, I think we kind of just meshed well because our evaluations and our philosophies of dynasty sort of mesh well. Uh, you know, I don't think you can really co-own with somebody who you, you know, if you're like a rookie fever guy and the other person you co-own with is somebody who like always wants to get trade or all your picks away. I don't think that would work, but yeah, I maybe, think Derek and I really, maybe that's why the team Dustin and I co-own is not going so well. <laughs> <laughs> it is possible. It is possible. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it, I would say that it's, it really is a co-own situation for all the teams we have. Okay. It definitely has its advantages. So uh, just having a second guy, obviously we know how, how busy we all can be hitting waivers on multiple teams, obviously the cost of the team, you know, not that we do it for money, but it is nice having a second person to help pay clearly. Um, I think for us just, um, bouncing guys off of each other you know we obviously don't share the exact same values on every guy but um that can be to your benefit as well you know typically if you have differing values and you're both doing well and you're able to match up on a guy chances are you probably have a good thing going there you know and that's a good point i actually uh, co-own a couple teams one with derek actually um but one in my home league and uh, it's kind of he is much more of a pick guy um, where I'm is much more of a win now guy. And I think it's kind of a good checks and balances type of thing. Uh, I found actually, though, that in the ones I co-own, um, it, there does send, tend to be more one. I It, it almost is like a, a, a owner slash uh, an owner and a, or a general manager and a coach situation. Like, the, the one I, I co-own with my buddy in the home league, uh, I tend to set most of the lineups. I often initiate the trade discussions, and I'm just like, hey, you cool with this? That's kind of how the one with Derek goes, too. <laughs> so um, I've been interesting. With Keith this year. He's, okay. been, he's been helping me out big time this year. And stuff. Yeah, I feel but like any, of, any of the leagues that I'm in with, with uh, you guys, like 
Keith's usually the one reaching out about a trade that we can never agree on, but <laughs> like he's usually the one that starts those those talks, and then it's like okay, let me go check with Derek. Like when we when we finally get somewhere, but usually it's Keith that um that starts those conversations. Yeah, and Keith and Derek get a lot of trades done, but I, I never seem to get any trades done with Keith. I don't know why that is. I don't really see you ever do trade. I mean, I, I was at. I mean, okay, so you guys drop the Excuse trade act stuff all the time here, and. Derek and I, I feel like we don't get a whole lot of love. Like we were going to go through and count the number of trades we've got done. I didn't get a chance to because I was so busy today. But yeah, we we do our part. You guys are more active than than Rocky for sure. Oh, I I am very active, Dustin. You be quiet over there. <laughs> but no, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I would say. Well, no, I was just going to say. I mean, you say about the GM and coach thing. I I think. I mean, at least in our partnership, if you want to call it that. Yeah, we we basically have come to trust each other. Like if 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 a trade comes in, it's a no brainer trade. Like I don't I don't feel the need to run it past him. It's like yeah, I'm gonna accept that. Uh, but I would say probably 75, 90, somewhere in there percent of the trades that come in, we kind of bounce them off each other. Uh, but you know, I if he accepted a trade that I disagreed with, I, I don't really see that happening. It's we right. just it, the trust has come over the course of a couple of years. You just kind exactly. of you know you feel it out with each other. Same with you know starting lineups, picking up waivers. A lot of times, like you said, I mean, you get too busy. And it's like nine o'clock on a Wednesday. Like, oh hey, what about waivers this weekend? It's like, ah, oh, do you just take care of it? Yeah. Or vice versa. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So a good talk on the co-owning thing there. Let's get into the fantasy face-off now. Fantasy face-off, which I I can't believe I actually came up with this because it's not something I really want to talk about. Say but, it. <laughs> but I did think it would be interesting for the show. So the, the guys we picked this week, um, because his value is rising, Mr. Ronald Jones is one of them. And the other one, uh, Jones is RB13 uh, in his neighborhood is David Montgomery at RB18. Uh, neither guy is a premier guy. They both have had their truthers throughout their careers. Uh, a lot of detractors for both as well. So we thought it'd be an interesting one to run. Uh, we also we also polled it as we always do. 852 votes, and Rojo won it by two to one, which is not too surprising given that he's performed a lot better recently. Uh, Twitter definitely favors recency bias. So 64 to 36, Rojo. I will let other people talk on this first, and then I'll get to my thoughts. <laughs> Dustin, which one you surprised? I, I, sorry, Dustin, I didn't mean to jump over you there, but no, no, the poll, the poll surprised me. To be frank, I, I feel I like it would be uh, closer. Long-term value. I mean, I, I feel like Jones is, you know, he's been tied to uh, Fournette being there with his scoring so far. His opportunities have been there. He's averaging over uh, twenty looks a game when you count in targets. So. I mean, that's halfback one-level stuff there, but Fournette's factored in with the scoring. I mean, Montgomery hasn't done a whole lot, admittedly, but I just feel like there's more... Sorry, somebody's loud. <laughs> I feel like there's just more long-term opportunity there with Montgomery uh, than Jones, personally. So you're taking Montgomery over Jones? I think I would long-term, yeah. I, it's hard to argue Jones for scoring in the interim, obviously, but I'm thinking in a dynasty I would still prefer Montgomery myself. So, Dustin, what do you think? I mean, I'm, st I'm still Montgomery. I, I can't get myself to take Jones, even though he's been looking well, good the last couple of weeks. Like, I am enjoying this. They're still... <laughs> like, I, I'm probably higher on him than you are. I, 
obviously everyone's higher than him <laughs> on him than you are. I still like Montgomery, even though he's he hasn't really shown anything. Like he's just getting a lot of carries, and now he's getting um, some catches without Cohen there. But I don't really think like Montgomery is going to keep long term value in the league. Like I don't think either of these guys is going to be around for another two two years or so. Like so short term, you know, I can be persuaded to take. My my daughter's here. Reagan, who do you think? David Montgomery or Ronald Jones? The last one you said. Ronald Jones? <laughs> anyway. Special guest star. Yeah. Um I I I just I I can see taking Rojo because I'm looking at them both for, for two years, but I still want Montgomery. I just he's gonna get he's gonna catch some balls, which Rojo can't do. So that's just gonna carry a little bit more value for me. Um but I don't really like either of them anymore. Like I'm, I'm pretty cool on, on Montgomery. Now I thought with his new opportunity, he was going to show something and he just hasn't. So Keith, where are you at? I've actually toured on this one. Um, I, I think it comes down to, do you want the steady production, like low end RB two numbers from Montgomery or, uh, you know, do you take the chance with Ronald Jones? Do you, look at the spike week he had this past week. Uh, but then it, again, like you could always get what happened last year where he goes into a game, misses a pass blocking assignment and he's benched the rest of the game. Um, it, it's, it's hard. I think I do agree with you guys. Uh, dynasty value. I would probably agree with Montgomery breast of year. It's hard to say. I think it's wait and see if Fournette comes back and what he does. I mean, Jones's best weeks have been the last couple of weeks with Fournette out uh, I did just I looked at their rest of season schedule and both of them have a absurdly easy schedule going forward. Uh, Jones's remaining games are against the Raiders, Giants, Saints, Panthers, Rams, Chiefs. That he has a bye. And then his playoff schedule in weeks uh, 14, 15, 16, he has the Vikings, Falcons, and Lions. The Vikings are uh, currently 21st in rushing defense for fantasy backs. And then Lions are 29th. So, I mean, potentially you could be having a good matchup in the championship game if you make it there with Jones. But then you look at Montgomery's remaining games, and he plays the Saints, who are the 16th uh, fantasy defense for running backs. Uh, and then you have the Titans, who are 24th, the Vikings, 21st, the Packers, 31st, uh, the Lions, 29th, the Texans, 32nd, the Vikings and Jags, 21st and 28th. So his playoff schedule is the 32nd ranked defense, the 21st and 28th. And there's nobody behind uh, Montgomery at all. So the danger is rolling the dice and hoping that Fournette either never becomes relevant or just stays hurt. Or, uh, you know, do you go with Montgomery? And like I said, I mean, I, do I see Montgomery having like RB1 weeks? Probably not. I mean, he pretty steadily gets, you know, 12, 13, 14 points a game. You know, I guess it really depends on what you're looking for. So do I have to pick one? You have to pick one. Darn it. I have to pick one. <laughs> How about I will go with Montgomery because I, I still believe in Fournette. I've always been a big Fournette fan. And I I just I'm scared of Bruce Arians. I just you know we've seen it before. We've seen okay. it before. I, I love this. <laughs> I no, thought for sure. This is I a... for sure at least one of you is gonna pick Rojo. <laughs> I would say that if you can trade Rojo for Montgomery and Montgomery Plus with the way the poll went, yeah. I would do that pretty easily. You know, like I was looking at Montgomery, like his his usage um carrying the ball isn't very 
good. Like 10 for 27, 10 for 29, 14 for 45. But he's got five targets, eight targets, six targets since Cohen went down. And, and that's that's what I'm looking for. Um, I'm right there with Keith that, you know, Fournette's eventually going to come back. And, you know, they're not going to not give him carries. So he's going to be involved. And so there's, and like he said, there's nobody behind Montgomery at all. Like he's the guy. Like unless you're worried about Nall, whatever his first name is, like he's their only other Ryan running back Nall. on the roster. <laughs> Ryan Nall. Like there's like nobody else really to worry about. So I'm right there. And of course, I I, I will never pick Rojo. So I, I'm <laughs> going Montgomery. But I I do have to admit, Rojo has has made use. He's gotten volume thanks to the Fournette injury, and he he has been somewhat effective with it. He still can't he still can't. Uh, do anything in the passing game. He's yeah. been getting targets, but he's averaging like three yards a catch. It's like six for 17, uh, three for 19, two for eight. So, but he's been racking up the rushing yards. If he gets you a couple touchdowns like he did this week, th- obviously that helps. Uh, so I, I guess I can admit that if Rojo is surrounded by tons of good talent and has no one else to compete with, he can be somewhat serviceable. But <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna admit that to our boy Devin. Uh, Devin was texting me a little bit about it yesterday, I trying think, to take his victory laps. I think on, Devin on listens, so he'll hear this. Um, a ringing endorsement. <laughs> a ringing endorsement for the, the other thing we didn't mention about Jones is not just Fournette. I mean, the whole offense has been injured. Yeah, on Tampa yeah. Bay. So yeah, very true. you know, that's also something to take account that he's rushing so much because what else do they have right now? And they and, don't and, trust and Sean Vaughn at all. Guys keep on stepping up too. I mean, even Tyler Johnson's had some relevant weeks now the last couple of weeks. So yeah. it's not like they don't have guys. Yeah. It and is like crazy. The- so I'm looking at like Rojo's numbers the last couple of weeks. Like he had nine targets and five targets, and then mm-hmm. last week two, but they were so far ahead that they just ran the ball. But right. like he had 20 carries and nine targets. Like, yeah, he's not catching. Like, on he's those not nine a great- targets, he got 17 yards. Yeah, he got hey six receptions yep. to six points already. I'll, you know, that's... I, I don't expect that to continue when everyone's healthy, including Fournette and the pass catcher. So, um, that's that's the big thing to me is I think Fournette's going to come back and, and eat into that work, especially not that Fournette's an amazing pass catcher, but we did see him do well in that regard last year. And and Rojo's awful at it, despite the six receptions. Guys can get dump off passes and do nothing with them, which is exactly what he yeah. does. So the Danny um, Amendola, Danny Amendola of running backs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I just expect him once Fournette's back, Godwin gets up to speed, everyone's healthy. He just sort of he sort of regresses to where Montgomery is now, and he's not getting 20 carries a game, and he's not producing as good a numbers. So I I would kind of what you said, Dustin. I I, I don't really like either of these guys. Um, but if I'm going to pick one, I want the cheaper one, and I think that's Montgomery. As evidenced by the poll. Two exactly. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so good stuff. Everyone's against Rojo. I like it. So we will move on to uh, Week 6 and Dynasty Strategy. Dynasty Strategy. As always, we'll go over the, some of the injuries first. Not a, Like Dustin said earlier in the show, not a lot of major injuries, but we do have a few. Uh Raheem Mostert, high ankle sprain, just came back, was playing well. High ankle sprain, says they're probably going to IR, so that means he's at least out three weeks, so we're not going to see him for about a month. Uh, Derek, what do you what do you think with Raheem Mostert out? Is it a Jarek McKinnon season again? I definitely think it's worth a look. 
Um, if you have them already, great. It, maybe you spend a two on them to grab them for a month or so. I mean, first four weeks of the season, you know, right around 15 points a game, very serviceable, usable running back. Obviously, the last two weeks here, he uh, didn't really provide much of anything, but he was scoring touchdowns. I mean, they're going to run the ball a lot. You know, I think it's worth a look. If you can get them for a reasonable price, why not, I think. Yeah, that's just the worry. I think with everybody healthy, I, I'm not sure how much he's going to get, but uh, we did see him basically at a low RB1 level with Mostert out earlier. So if you have him, like you said, I, I, I'm i holding him. Uh, if not, I'm not really looking to buy. Uh, is anybody else? Right. Yeah. I would actually use this opportunity to sell him personally. I bought him back when we had um, when we had the McKinnon show a couple of weeks ago, or about a month and a half ago with Rich from yeah. um, Dynasty Nerds. And he was talking up. I bought him in a couple of places and I got him for like two thirds. Yeah, and Rich I've been trying McKinnon to sell him. The first. Yeah. He, <laughs> he thought he was going to be finished as a top 12. You need to um, talk with your boss here, Keith. <laughs> hey, it, it, it's a long it's a long time years long love for mckinnon yeah it's a love affair um, but like i i was trying to sell him the last like week or two and i couldn't get any buyers but like if if he has a good game this week I, i'm really gonna try to sell him because we saw like once Mostert comes back like mckinnon was nothing and he's only got value when Mostert's out and like Mostert, like i i was late to the on the Mostert train, I thought I just thought he wasn't that good, but he's really good. Yeah. Like he's super I, dynamic. I was right there with you, Dustin. Yeah, like <laughs> he's he is man. just really good. And when he when when he's back on the field, like nobody else is really going to be that that involved in, in the offense on running the ball. So like I'm I'm going to try to sell my my couple shares of McKinnon after he puts up a, a good week because McKinnon's fine. Like he's gonna go out and put up probably 100 and 125 all-purpose yards, maybe score, catch a couple passes this week, and he'll be fine. And I'm going to use that to try to get out from him because I know like here in a couple of weeks, he's going to have no value again. And that's kind of what I ran into. Um, I, I'll sell him for a second if I can, just, just to be done with him. Yeah, no, I definitely like that take. Um, so we'll move on to the next. I, let me um, you know, mind if I jump in quick. Uh, the name you probably want to check your waivers for if he's there would be Jamichael Hasty. He had nine carries, 37 yards on only yeah. 15 snaps right at the end of the game. I think Shanahan. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> breaking and breaking uh, bad. I, you did, actually. I died. You're right. Um, <laughs> I, I have a sense that Shanahan saw that McKinnon wasn't holding up under all the touches. Like, he's not going to be the guy. And with Jeff Wilson as a calf injury, Kelvin Coleman's still injured like he always is. Uh, I think Jeff, uh, Jamichael Heisty might be relevant because every Shanahan running back becomes relevant. So I would I would check him out if he's available in your leagues. That, he had some true. He, love there too. Yeah, and he did show a little bit when Mostert got hurt in that game. I think he had like yeah. nine for thirty-seven or something like that. Okay, so going on to the other injuries we have this week, both uh, from my Eagles, uh, Miles Sanders knee injury out at least this week. They're saying maybe one to two weeks, so hopefully not too serious. And uh, Zach Ertz high ankle sprain out three to four weeks for some reason they have not put him on IR yet um but that's what's being reported three to four weeks so uh Keith what do you what do you think on the Eagles <laughs> on the whole team or just those two guys <laughs> on those two what effect it might have yeah do we have enough time <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, uh, I, I got my take here. I'm going to well, give it in a minute. Just, but. just so your listeners know, I am a Jets fan. So really making fun of any team is exactly hilarious in my <laughs> opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders misses a week or two. Okay, so be it. I mean, he'll be back. He'll be fine. Uh, I think the bigger concern be Ertz. It's not so much the injury. It's more everything. It's he's not looked good. I mean, he's been the sole pass catching available guy this year and hasn't really done a whole lot with it. So if you're left holding the Ertz bag, I, I'm not sure what to do with him. You can't sell him right now. You'd be selling at a complete, a complete loss. Uh, it, do, it just doesn't seem like they're interested in getting him, especially when Goddard comes back is, I mean, he's a long stalwart with the team that he's not going to just jettison him this year, but it doesn't seem like he's in their future plans. Yeah, that's and, what I was going to say. I didn't even know Ertz was playing this year. Uh, haven't <laughs> really, we haven't really seen him out there. Uh, no, um, I, I'm, I'm going to try to be cautious with what I say because of what I said last week, but I think Ertz is <laughs> done. <laughs> or I think you're safe for this season. Yeah, I think Ertz at least this season. I, I, I just don't think he is in their plans. Like like he said and. Like I think they'll just bring him back slowly. I think, I think Goddard will should be back in the next three to four weeks when Ertz is talking. They're talking about Ertz being back, and then at that point, I think it'll just be Goddard, and we don't have to really worry about Ertz. And then Ertz will be gone next year. So I'm not if if you have him, you're not going to get anything for him. So obviously, you're going to hold him. But um, I'm I'm fading him. Um, I don't. I'm not worried about Miles Sanders. Um, hoping, hoping it's just one week. I have quite a few shares of him, but um, I'm not too worried about it. But Ertz, I'm just, I'm out on. I'm out. You're out. Okay. Um, I, my thoughts here is a couple things. One is, uh, first of all, buy Goddard if you can. Uh, yes. uh, you can. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe with the fact that, that there's a little, uh, you know, he hasn't been playing for a while. Maybe he's not commanding quite as much. Uh, but uh, I think he may be back before Ertz, and I think he's going to ball out. Even if you have to pay his regular price, I think once he, if he gets to play a couple games without Ertz, he's going to ball out, and uh, his his value will go up even more. But the the main other main thing I wanted to say is I think people should be buying low on Wentz. I think there's this perception that that he's been awful this year, and he was awful the first few games. He was throwing picks left and right. He wasn't doing very well. Uh, but he's picked it up over these last few against tougher competition, actually. Um, and, and he's got everybody out right now. Uh, he's got him and Jason Kelsey are the only offensive starters from the beginning of the year that are currently healthy. looks like we're going to get a few guys back uh, tomorrow night. But he's and his schedule lines up great. I mean, he's playing. The, he's got the Giants twice. He's got the Cowboys twice. Uh, every team he's playing, I'm looking at it right now, is in the bottom middle to bottom half of the league against passing defenses. And he just produced fairly well against one of the better defenses in the league and the Ravens. I just think he's going to produce points-wise, and that's going to make his value go up. I love the idea of buying Wentz low. This is probably the lowest he's been in a long time. Uh, so, Derek, what do you think on that? As a Cowboys fan, <laughs> well, um, getting to play them twice will be nice. <laughs> uh, no, and, and Wentz has. I feel of, the same way. <laughs> Wentz has picked up the rush game this year too. Um, I, we'll see yep. if that continues, but that's been great for his uh, fantasy numbers, in spite of you know the passing numbers not necessarily being there yet. Um, 
hitting on Ertz again, um, the, there's been no separation there watching the games, but I also will say to your point with the injuries, I noticed uh, watching the game against the Ravens at one point, Marlon Humphrey was covering him. So, I mean, if you're going to get your top guy on him, he's not going to win that matchup either, obviously. Yeah. But but I think it's also safe for Dustin to say he's done with, with Ertz. <laughs> but, um, with Ertz, though, I, I listened to an Eagles podcast to your point there. Maybe he didn't do as much this game, but um, there one of the beat writers is on that podcast, and he's pointed out that actually Ertz – is getting approximately, uh, I guess I think he's getting this from Pro Football Focus, I'm not sure, but getting approximately the same amount of yards, uh, separation yards uh, per route run. Uh, I think it's something, it was something like 2.9 in the past and it's slightly lower than now, but it's like 0.2 or something like that. So he actually has been getting as much separation in the, he's never, you know, a big separation guy. He's not super fast, but um, I I think it might be more mental. I think it might have to do with the contract. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think at 29, I have a hard time believing he's washed, but I'm also like, like you guys said, I'm not looking to buy him or, or anything like that, obviously. And you can't sell him right now. I just think there has to be something going on like with how many injuries they have and how much he's been part of that offense and how dominant he's been the last couple of years for them to lose that many players and him to completely disappear. Like he's gotten like one catch a game for like one or two catches a game for the last couple of weeks. Like there has to be some reason like a, a hidden injury or something like that. Like maybe this stint on the IR will help him get healthy, but there has to be something else like, there's been no one else there and like he's been dominant for years for them like there has i i just i can't figure out what it is but i like either he's that's why i'm thinking like he could just be done because like he has should have all the opportunities out there and if he's not getting those looks there's there's a reason why right and and with the Wentz angle i didn't even get into too that he's going to be getting almost all these injuries are not season ending he's gonna get rager back he's getting uh deshaun jackson back this week he's gonna get miles sanders back he's gonna get dallas goddard back he's gonna get his offensive line back um and he's doing he's doing work these last couple weeks even without that so uh before we move on i'll just ask keith what do you, what do you think of the buy low on Wentz? i have concerns because like derek mentioned it seems like his uptick in fantasy production has been tied a lot to his rushing stats he has a rushing touchdown in the last couple of games and 40, 50 yards. And I mean, I don't want to jinx it for you, but like we've seen in the past when Wentz turns on the scrambling, he gets a little bit reckless. And if he gets hurt, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But it doesn't seem like he's up there because of his passing. It seems like he's up there because of his rushing. So if that maintains, that's great. But like I said, we've seen that before. I definitely agree with that. The rushing has helped a lot. Uh, Derek, were you going to say something? I was actually just going to say, to your point, though, too, Rocky, I mean, if if the uh, rushing continues, though, that obviously could increase his overall ceiling if he does right. start to hit. So there right. is that. If you like the guy, I, I certainly think there's an opportunity to buy him right now. I mean, people are down on the Eagles offense in general. I mean, you know, if, if you're a Wentz fan, definitely a good time to probably go buy him. Yeah, and like it. Well, I was gonna say I, I'm not sure the time to buy him would be now though. Like it probably was the time to buy him two a couple weeks, weeks ago. ago, right? Right, like, right, 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 right. I think that it's known now that he's picked it up. I still think there's a perception out there that that he's he's just 
having a bad season, but you, you may be right, depending on, on how tuned in you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and like I said, I, I can definitely see him picking up even more as he gets uh, different weapons back and gets his offensive. I mean, they're, it's ridiculous. They're on like their third string, right tackle, third string, left tackle, third string, right guard. So uh, it's kind of crazy. So but at least gets- their coach is not Adam Gase. That, that is a good point. Just had to get that in there. Well, do you guys think Gase is going to make it the entire season? Because I, because I do. I think they're oh. going to keep him to, to make, make sure, sure they, they get, get Trevor Lawrence. I don't yeah. even want to go down this road. Let's just move on to the next topic. I, I really, I, I think that they're just going to keep him. Although, I mean, if we're going to segue into Julio from last week, Dustin making this claim, maybe he'll be fired tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. And Keith, Keith helping me out with the transition there. Segue! Gonna... <laughs> uh, we don't have a lot of specific player talk this week. It was kind of a weird week anyway, and we got some other topics we want to get into. But the one I made sure to put on the show sheet here, <laughs> and I went back and listened just to make sure. This is an exact quote, Dustin. I'm out on Julio. Julio Jones this week, eight for 137 and two TDs. In two, he, he, he was healthy week one, had hamstring issues back and forth through weeks like two through five, played, came out, didn't play some games. In the two healthy games, he's averaged eight and a half receptions, 147 yards, and a TD on 11 targets per game. Dustin, explain yourself. <laughs> I did say on the show that I knew Julio would come back and he would have a blow-up game. And then that's when I would try to sell him that I'm just out personally on him. Like, I just, I know that he's going to be, he's going to disappear. He's going to have these soft tissue injuries. And at some point those are going to catch up to him. Like I, I still like now with the performance that he put up last week, like everyone's seeing like, Oh, Julio's back is the time to sell him. Like I sold him a little low just because when I make my mind up that I'm going to do something, I just do it. And it's probably not always the best for me in fantasy, but that's just the way that I am. That's what I do. But I did say, wait till he has a big game and then try to sell him. Um, I still think like he's going to have those games where he's disappears or he's on the field as a decoy or he tries to play and then doesn't play and hurts your, hurts your lineup. And those are more of the reasons why I'm out on him. Um, those soft tissue injuries aren't going to go away as he gets older. Like they're going to become more, um, they're going to happen more often. So I'm still out on Julio. And if you can use his performance to, you know, get, you know, um, a couple of good assets or, or picks or whatever, like I would do that. I'm just, I'm at that level. I don't want to do the roller coaster of is Julio going to play or is he not? Is how, if he's on the field, how effective is he going to be? Like, I am just, I'm done playing the game. Um, there's so many receivers out there and wide receivers so deep that you don't need the guys that might not play that are going to, have the roller coaster that are going to be in and out of the you lineup. Like there's too many guys out there to worry about that. And Dustin, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> Tell me uh, why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm, I'm wrong. I'm about to. First of all, he's not always in and out. But prior to this year, and when he got this hamstring injury, he hasn't always been in and out of the lineup. He's had foot injuries in the past. That that's that's been a while ago now. He's been pretty steadily in lineups. Assuming he gets over this hamstring injury, he's still going to be Julio. And if you sell him, I, I, I unless you're rebuilding, which obviously you're going to sell Julio in that case anyway. Uh, 
you're not uh, you're not going to get the value you need for the production he's going to give you. He's going to keep doing this. I mean, is he going to have a, a a three for forty five game? Yeah, every receiver does, but uh, even the elite ones. But he he's going to keep producing like this the rest of the year, and you're not going to get the value for him in trade uh, if you're a contender because he's going to produce more points. He's just at thirty one. He's not going to give you the value that his points will give you, which is, is actually something we're going to talk, talk about a little bit later, but uh, do, Keith or Derek, either of you guys have any thoughts on Julio to tell Derek uh, to tell Dustin he's wrong. I actually <laughs> have a confession and Derek probably knows what I'm about to say. So uh, in a league where we don't co-own a team, uh, Derek was selling off and I was trying to buy some pieces to contend and he has Julio and we were texting back and forth about Julio and Dustin, here's where I come to your defense because I basically told Derek the same thing last week. I said like, oh, I'm, I, you know, Julio's a great player. I've always loved Julio, but, and I feel like that's going to be the conversation with Julio from here the rest of career. If you have him, it's you're probably going to ride him out into the sunset. It's going to be tough for you to trade him. It's because of everything you guys said. So Dustin, you are not alone in feeling that way. I also have concerns. I, I feel like he's a great player, but, and the, but is what worries me about paying the price that it costs to obtain Julio. So if you can get him cheap, great. But if you own Julio, Nobody's giving them up to you. And I, I think we've seen this play out. I mean, I think this is the Megatron model all over again. And that's why I can get behind Dustin's logic here. I mean, I'm not saying Julio's going to get retired, but we saw what happened with Megatron. And I mean, I think when these injuries hit, they do tend to hit. I mean, we see what's happening with AJ Green right now. Just out of curiosity, Dustin, you said you moved Julio for a lower value than uh, what? What did you move him for? It was a 2022 first. That, See, that's all. I, 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 um, I actually, I would take that right now personally. I, I tried an offer today of a two 2021 twos and got rejected. So I'm, I'm on board with that. And the other, the other yeah. thing that hasn't been mentioned is that they're basically. It looks like they're about to clean house. I mean, they got rid of the coach GM, and you know, are they going to keep Matt Ryan around? Are they going to yeah. keep Julio around? I mean, he could be traded yeah. by the deadline for all we know. I mean, they very much have an all-in dynasty team with Todd Gurley out there. You know, I, I'm down for that. You know, I could see them cleaning house soon. They need okay. to. Like this, this offseason, they couldn't even keep anybody because they had no cap space. Right. Like, exactly. It's time for them to to really just clean house. Um, yeah. They've never been the same since the Super Bowl loss. And we haven't even mentioned Ridley. What a year he's having, too. I mean, he's kind of shown that he's able to take over for Julio. And and you're right, Rocky. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Julio's been great when he's been healthy. If you can get him, if you're a contending team and you can get him for a 2022 one, I'm not saying that's a terrible idea either. I mean, the guy is going to produce. But I think there is definitely logic to, to moving him if you can. Okay, you're, you're all nuts, and I'll take my 20 to 30 points from Julio every week. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the reasons we didn't do a lot of specific player stuff this week is we're going to do uh, a two-round rookie redraft with the four of us um, from the 2020 class because uh, I think a lot of the a lot of the guys we might want to talk about anyway are rookies. So I thought it'd be interesting, kind of we're ha- like we said earlier, halfway through the uh, fantasy season, and I'm realizing as I speak now that we never created a draft order, so I'm going to do that right now. 
Um, <laughs> I am going to give our guests the 101 and 102. Keith, you're getting 101. Hey. Eric, you're getting 102. I'll go, I'll go clockwise. That means Dustin's 103 and I'm 104. So uh, we're going to see how this goes and uh, see where the values have changed. And I do actually even have our uh, ADP that we did back for the first episode post draft. So we'll, we'll see how maybe that compares to some of the, for some of the guys, but Keith, who you taking? And uh, again, this is a uh, super flex tight end premium PPR. So that's, that, that's what we're going off of here. So Keith, who are you taking at the one Oh one at one Oh one? I know Herbert's come on really strong lately and he has a great supporting cast around him. I am still going with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was my 101 going into the year. I think he's done nothing less than show out with very little supporting cast as far as I shouldn't say very little supporting cast. He has decent receivers. He has decent running back. It's more so the offensive line. I mean, his offensive line is just straight garbage and he's running for his life a lot of times. Uh, but I'm still taking Burrow personally 101, but it, it is much, much closer now with Herbert than it was going into the year. Yeah, and I agree with that. We talked about that last week, actually. We talked about Herbert, and I, I do think it's a lot closer, but I would still have Burrow at the 101. Uh, Derek, who are you taking at 102? Um, I'm going to go stay quarterback with a big super flex. I don't think um, any of the halfbacks has necessarily shown out well enough to uh, surpass Herbert in the super flex format. Um, like Keith kind of already pointed on all the positives for him. You know, it's um, The guys really played great. I got to give them credit. I wasn't super high on going into or you know coming out of the draft, but he's uh, he's played great. Justin Herbert. Yes. Okay. All right, so um, I will take the first non-quarterback, um, and I'm taking CD Lamb at 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 three. I like um, it. CD is just he's he's more than what everyone could expect in being in a rookie year with all those that competition, like. Most rookie receivers don't hit, especially with all that competition. And he's just out there. And like, there's talk that he's already a top five dynasty receiver. And he's, he's that talent that you're going to keep forever. So um, I'm taking, I'm taking uh, CD Lamb at, at three. I can't argue with that one. And I'm, st I'm stuck between two guys here. Hilton already, you know? <laughs> um, I. I think I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson at 104, which is kind of crazy that none of the running backs have gone in the first four picks. But uh, the reason I don't like we don't generally take uh, receivers this early is, is well, two reasons. Running back is, is shallower. And I think there's a much higher bust rate for receivers. You get your Laquan Treadwells, your Corey Davises, you know, even if even if the guy doesn't totally pin out. I mean, David Montgomery's still an RB2. You know, you get different guys like that, that 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 at least produce something for you, whereas they don't they don't seem to totally bust. But Justin Jefferson has already shown out. He's got, you know, five, he's got over 500 yards. He's the wide receiver, I think, seven on the year. Um, I was looking at something. I mean, of the 1000 yard receivers, which he's on, he's well on pace for. He would have to regress a lot to not get a thousand yards or, or pretty much all of them have have gone on to great careers. The guys who've had a thousand yards in the rookie season, and I think he's going to get there. I think the, I was looking at it. It's like AJ Brown, who who's still early, obviously AJ Green, Julio, guys like that. 
The only uh, the only negative one was Kelvin Benjamin, but I don't think anyone thinks Justin Jefferson is Kelvin Benjamin. So. <laughs> um, I think Kelvin Benjamin ate Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> so uh, I, I thought about him. I thought about him and, and one running back, but I'm going to go Jefferson just because uh, I just think I thought he would have the floor, but I didn't think he'd have the ceiling that we've already seen through six games. And uh, I, I just love him so far, so I'm going with him. So, Keith, are you taking him 105? Uh, at 105, I mean, if I was doing this with a real team, I probably wouldn't double up on quarterback, but it's a mock. So I'm going to take Tua, sight unseen. Uh, I've, you know, Being a Jets fan, I unfortunately get to see the Dolphins twice a year, and it, it scares me. Brian Flores has made them into a really legitimate team. They have Fitzpatrick at quarterback. I believe they're 3-3 three and three right now. And they have tons of picks coming up. They have tons of cap space. Their defense is becoming legit. And once they start putting pieces around Tua, I think that's going to be an offense that's going to fly around. If he's even 90% of what he was in college before, and you know, his most recent injury, which by all reports it seems like he's going to be, I think Tua is going to show out and be well worth the fifth pick here. All right, Derek, you're up at 106. Who are you taking? I'm going to go ahead and take the first running back. I'm going to go with Jonathan Teller over CEH. Um, CEH has been great this year, but I think the fact that they're bringing in Bell, even if it's a little more superficial than functional, that it's a sign. Um, I think some of the weakness – I had JT ahead of CEH pre-draft too, so some of the uh, the concerns that I had about him – have, I have played out a little bit. I mean, he's been better than I thought he may have been, too, admittedly. But I'm going to stick with my pre-draft gut and go with JT here. Yeah, I was right there with you on JT over CEH, too. And I haven't seen enough to change my mind. The fact that JT's getting involved in the passing game more than I even really expected, I think, is a, is a plus for him. And uh, CEH has been good, but not, not amazing. So, Dustin, who are you taking at 107? Well, I'm going to take... I'm going to take CH here at 107. Um, yeah, they brought in Bell, but he's he's still going to be good. I'm like we talked about on the show. Like I'm not too worried about Bell. Um, he's still super talented, and this is kind of a, a tier break for me. I think CH is kind of the last of that that tier. Um, so it was a no brainer to take CH right here. And just looking at that that ADP we did back in 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 April and May, it's kind of funny. Like we have. Five non-running backs to the first five picks, whereas we did five of the first eight, uh, eight I think, of, of the the mocks. We did ten mocks back in April, and then five of the first eight were running backs. But anyway, um, I am actually going to go with another running back here, and he hasn't done much yet. I, I will move guys up, as you saw with Justin Jefferson, for, for showing out this early, but I'm not going to ding a guy too much for not going nuts in the first six games Uh so I'm still going with J.K. Dobbins at 108. Uh, I liked him. Uh, he was my number number three after the draft. He's still my number three. I know Swift had the big game this week, but uh, I still like Dobbins to produce going forward. Uh, Ingram is already getting dinged up. So I, I think by the second half of the year, he may get a chance to take over that backfield some more. So Dobbins it is for me, and that brings us to Keith at 109. And I'm trying to take DeAndre Swift at nine. I mean, you, you don't don't need to look any further than how he played last week. He had uh, 27 PPR points. He looked fantastic. Two touchdowns, 14 carries, 116 yards. I 
I would be elated to get him at 109. You think he's final? You think this is going to continue going forward? Well, Peterson, I think was well, Peterson was out sick. I think he's always going to be there this season. But I mean, again, we're playing dynasty. Is Patricia going to be long in the tooth for the Lions? Most likely not. But you know, how can you not see the talent there? Right. Matt so Patricia Derek. has has a history of holding these guys back too. So I mean, him leaving can only be a blessing, I would think, for Swift. Oh, he's going to get fired too. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Probably before Adam Gase. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So I'm going to uh, go with uh, T. Higgins here. He has looked awesome as the A.J. Green clone in Cincinnati. I think he's done a lot of the things. I thought A.J. was capable of one more year, but um, averaging over 15 yards a catch. Um, he showed a little bit in the red zone. Only two touchdowns, but he's getting there. Last four weeks, double-digit points. Um, nine, seven, eight, eight targets. I think I've seen a lot of targets. He's producing going with Higgins here. I love the Higgins pick right there. Um, he was going to be my next pick actually, but I will take Rager. Um, I still like Rager. He's coming back soon. Um, I wasn't expecting a lot from rookie receivers anyways, so I haven't really moved him up or down. He was always a late first um, kind of guy at the, at the beginning, so I, I still have him there. Yeah, I like that pick. I like the Higgins pick too. That's actually who I had next on my list after, after everybody else that had been taken. Uh, so the next one comes down to me at one uh, twelve, and I'm going to go Jerry Judy. Uh, I was looking at at Cam Akers as well. I do still like him. Uh, I I don't really know what happened last week um, with him. I don't think getting a touch, so that was a little concerning, but. Uh, and Judy hasn't really shown out either, but like I said, I'm not going to go too nuts. He's played with three different quarterbacks. Uh, I, I still like Judy a lot as a prospect. He's a great route runner, so I'll go with Judy at one. All right, Keith, uh, you're up. Start of the, start of the second round at, at 201. Who are you taking? I will take Brian Edwards. I, I will say that right. this is the start of a several guys that I would take right in this range. Uh, Edwards hasn't gotten to show much. He's, I think, played three games, only gotten, I think, five catches so far. Uh, I liked him coming out. I think he's a great fit there. The Raiders seem like they're a team that's on the rise. Uh, is he going to get uh, a massive amount of targets? Probably not, but he's very young and productive. And, you know, what more are you going to ask for 201? Interesting. Uh, you know, Edwards was end, end of the second, so it's interesting to see him up at 201, but I, I like the boldness of it. Derek, who are you taking at 202? I respect that pick, too. John Gruden uh, doesn't get credit for being an offensive guy that he probably deserves there. I like that. So, anyhow, they're, I'm going They're to looking over. really good. They I, honestly I, I, are. I'm they're excited. They beat, the, they beat the Chiefs. I mean, that exactly. was exactly. their showcase game. They beat the Saints. You know, you know they're looking good. Anyhow, I'm going to go with LaVisca Chanel here. Or Chanot. I'm sorry. I watched them enough this year to finally pronounce it correctly. <laughs> Um, fourth uh, in rookie targets on the year with 35. Um, over 10 yards a catch. I, I just watching him play, he just almost seems like a focal point. Um, they use him in the, in the ground a little bit. Um, I think he really fits today's game well. Uh, I love the kid. I made a trade for him in the uh, listener league this week. I'm all in I on I saw him. that. 
Yeah, I, I I'm a little actually upset you took Chenault. He was he was my next pick. You sniped me twice now in this mock, and I'm I'm on tilt a little bit. Um, I I like Chenault a lot. I've I've been trying to buy him in in a league where this this owner has uh, DJ Chark and Chenault. I've been trying to get Chenault from him. Like you don't want two Jacksonville receivers. Like Jacksonville's terrible, and like he won't budge from him. Um, so it, like I'm right there with you. I, I love Chenault. Um, at two or three, I. I don't love taking him here, but I kind of have to take Cam Akers at this point. Um, he just, you know, he was in some drafts going mid to mid to end of the first. And so getting him, him here at two Oh three, I know he hasn't looked well and hasn't really been on the field the last couple of weeks, but um, the talent's still there. So I had Cam Akers here at two Oh three. And that brings it back to me at two Oh four. And I am going to go with the uh, the current hot thing and chase Claypool at 204. Uh, big riser for me. I didn't expect him to be this involved this early. I do think when Deontay's back uh, and healthy, it'll tail, tail off some. But I do like him a lot. Uh, he was an athletic freak at the Combine. So I'll take him at 204 here. I was he, wondering, I was curious how, how high he was going to go in this mock. You um, what do you think? You think that's too high? No, I think that's probably right where he would go right now. Honestly, right now with the last couple of weeks, you probably even go higher than this. Um, probably, but mid second, I think is is where I, I I would I'd feel comfortable taking him. So Keith, that brings us to you. Uh, go, going back real quick, this playful thing. I actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try, I've been, I have Deontay Johnson in a league that I'm trying to contend. I was trying to trade him away. And the person I was sending him to said, uh, the Steelers wide receivers right now are sort of like the old Patriots running backs. Not <laughs> mm-hmm. I like or, that. I like yeah. That. I, I thought it was a really great analogy. I mean, I didn't get the trade on, unfortunately, but yeah, until there's a little bit more clarity there, it, I think it's going to be tough to see. I don't think all four guys, Washington, Juju, Deontay and Claypool, it's go- and Connor. I mean, that's five guys you're supporting each week. That's going to be pretty tough. Um, yeah, I'm pretty bummed. I in, in back in that Breaking Bad league, week one, um, Corey Davis went off, and our boy Devin offered me Claypool and like a third or fourth for Corey Davis, and I said <laughs> no because <laughs> I was trying. I was just trying to like it's Devin. I know like if he wants his guy, like he'll pay for him, and like yeah. I want to make him pay. Yep. Yep. So I made him. I, I I turned it down and told him I needed more. And now, like obviously, like I'm not going to be able to get that deal done. But, um, you know, that's it is what it is. And just going back to what you said about De- Deontay, I I actually like him as a buy low now as well. I still yeah. think he's going to command a lot of targets when he comes yeah. back. He just hasn't been healthy for th- right. for three weeks plus a buy. So, um, but anyway, anyway. and yeah. to your uh, point, not, I, and we could stop talking about Chase Claypool soon, but. To your guys' point, his 11-target, four-touchdown game was sandwiched between two four-target games. So, you know, that's probably it. But anyhow. Can I make my pick now? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I'm I'm the one that takes us off track. Uh, So, again, I mean, I feel like I go back to my previous pick with Edwards. Everybody that just got picked here, Edwards, Chanel, Claypool, they're all in a similar tier here for me. Uh, Ruggs, Pittman, Mims, Ayuk, I think they're all sort of the same-ish. Uh, so I'm going to go with Pittman. He hasn't also, just like Edwards, hasn't gotten to show much this year. Uh, I did not like Rivers going into this year. I thought Rivers' arm looked just like garbage. 
Uh, he doesn't done a whole lot this year with his passing offense. And then Pittman went and got hurt. I think he had that, uh, what, compartment syndrome, which is basically like really bad blood clots, I believe. Uh, but I, again, I like Pittman coming out. I think uh, he's whoever's going to end up being quarterback there. I can't imagine it's going to be Rivers for very long. So I would invest in Pittman now while, you know, he's kind of down on him. Right. Okay, Derek, 206. I'm going to go with my boy James Robinson here. Which, um, by the way, is the leading fantasy point scorer among rookies. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yep. <laughs> he has more targets than Chase Claypool, too. <laughs> Good note. Um, I, think, I think he's been, um, you know, he's been giving us a lot of what I thought Fournette was going to give us this year. Um, I think, obviously, the fact that they cut Fournette proves they like the kid. This pick, admittedly, is very, um, you know, short-term base. We'll see if there is long-term value there. I, I know, I don't know if everybody is sold on James Robinson, but... We're also in the middle of the second round here, so if you can get a guy that is scoring at this at this point in a draft, that's awesome, obviously. So, James Robinson. That's what I was just going to say. If you can get a guy at two hundred six that's going to give you a borderline RB one season, I that even if it's just one, that's that's great at two hundred six. Absolutely. So Dustin. all right, so I'm up at two hundred seven, and I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. Uh, he, like he hasn't looked great. Like he's had flashes. But I think that's just more on that team. Uh, the team on offense doesn't look look great. So, um, but I think Gibson's gonna gonna be the future there. So uh, give me Gibson here at, at two hundred seven. And I made a list here, and I, and I have two guys now. I was hoping I would get Antonio Gibson um, here. I have two guys I don't really love. Um, both receivers. I think I'll go with Brandon Ayuk. I, I, the reason I don't love him is just because I think Debo and Kittle are both, are both going to get more targets than him are both, are both probably a little bit better than him just as, as football players. And, uh, it's not a high volume passing offense, but he has shown a little bit so far. He's got a, a couple touchdowns. Um, so I'll take Ayuk here, um, and, and pass on the guy that maybe, maybe Keith is taking. I'm not sure who are you taking it to two Oh nine. I am going to take Denzel Mims. And again, as a Jets fan, all I can say is "baby, come back," because <laughs> my guy, I could I could use something to hope for, something positive on my favorite team. And I was high on Mims coming in. I was very happy that the Jets took him. I mean, I'd say they have nothing else there. Crowder's played great this year, but I mean, it, it's the Jarvis Landry, Adam Gase, and Miami. I mean, they're just basically there's nobody else there to force the targets to, and you know the. Rashad Perriman pickup has been a tragedy. He's been, been hurt like he has his most of his career. Uh, so I hope Denzel Mims comes back and does something, whether it's with Darnold or Trevor Lawrence. Dot dot dot. <laughs> and so Keith Keith takes the Homer pick. So Derek, you got two ten, and we we have one guy still on the board that was in the first round in. Uh, in, in the April-May ADP, I'm wondering if you're going there or going somewhere else. I'll go ahead and go there, um, Henry Ruggs. Yep. Yep. Um, honestly, at this point, I, I like Dustin mentioned the tear break earlier. I, I think this is a solid tear break in this draft, um, it, which is an insanely deep draft. I mean, we're talking 210 with a guy that was drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. So, yep. yeah, I mean, this is a 
just I think a good good spot to, to bounce off. I, I think you're gonna have a tough pick here, Dustin. No, uh, I have a guy I'm pretty excited about um, right now. Like he started off pretty pretty good. Uh, last two weeks have been a little bit uh, difficult for him, but uh, Joshua Kelly, um, I still like his fit in Los Angeles. Um, I was high on him in in the preseason as well. So um, getting a guy that you know, I think when Eckler comes back, he's still going to be getting his you know ten to fifteen touches a game, um, and so I like him, Joshua Kelly. And that's the guy I would have gone with. And at this point, there's not anybody I'm really loving. Uh, so I'm just going to go with Zach Moss at 212 and just not like that pick at all. Uh, <laughs> but there, there none, of the, none of the receivers left am I in love with. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, who was a borderline first rounder, has just fallen off the face of the earth. Uh, Zach Moss hasn't gotten a chance to show much because he's been injured. I did think he had a decent chance to be usable, uh, you know, with Singletary there, maybe get some end zone, uh, red zone touches. I mean, so uh, at 212, why not Zach Moss? Um, any thoughts on anybody we didn't pick? Anyone? The, uh, I, the only guy I would have left on my board, uh, Gabriel Davis, I thought has looked really well for the uh, yeah. Buffalo Bills. He is uh, really young. He's only 21 years old, out of UCF. I really liked him in the pre-draft process. I, you know, after he went to the Bills, it was like, oh, okay. But he's played well. Uh, you know, when John Brown was out, he did, played decently. Yeah. And we know that Diggs is often injured, unfortunately. But uh, you know, of the guys that are remaining, uh, I think Gabriel Davis is worth like an er- early third, late second. Um, yeah, but yeah, but there's this, this cluster of wide receivers. Uh, Van Jefferson, uh, Darnell Mooney has looked decent for the Bears, but I mean they're just like a thousand other receivers right now. They're kind of the same huge tier. Yeah, I agree with that. And Gabriel Davis was a guy that sprang to mind for me as well. Um, beyond that, I don't know that there's there's that much. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the old uh, ADP back from from May, and uh, I imagine the quarterbacks will probably that you know love and hurts not being in here. Which I mean, you're not yeah. going to take them now, but they would have probably been higher than I imagine. Yeah, the love was in the second. Hurts was three oh one. Yeah, guys that rose. Chase Claypool was in the third yeah. round back in this this ADP. Uh, Herbert Robinson was, wasn't drafted. Robinson was wasn't say, drafted. Yeah, yeah. He actually was in one of the pre-draft mocks, but not not yep. post-draft. Uh, Herbert was at one hundred and nine. Like we said, Rugs was a faller. Went from one twelve to to where did we take him? Two ten. So and Higgins was a little bit of a riser. He was at in in the early second round, two hundred and three. And obviously, Kelly Keyshawn was Vaughn, third or fourth. Yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn we didn't even pick, and he was like two hundred and two right. in the mocks. So a lot of interesting changes through only six weeks. Um, so take from that what you will. But uh, interesting exercise, kind of good to see where these guys stand right now. But uh, we're getting along here, so we're going to go right to find me a trade. Find me a trade! And this week, we're doing something a little bit different in that uh, the, the roster we have is from someone we have on the show. Keith, it's me. <laughs> Keith submitted his roster, um, and 
I'll go over and then Dustin can give you the roster. I'll go over the settings. Uh, Keith gave us a roster. It's a 12 team PPR super flex league, no tight end premium, but with full Debbie, uh, they have separate rookie and Debbie drafts. It's 32 man rosters with large taxi squads. Start 10, a QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end and three flex. Um, I do have a little description written down for you. Do you just want to go over your team, Keith, and then Dustin get in the roster, but your little, you know, your sum, summer, summary well, of the team? Yeah, it, it's funny. As I was talking to each of you, I, it was in the group chat before the uh, pod tonight. Uh, basically, everybody feels the same way. It's like, what do you do with this team? Uh, it's three and three. There's a big cluster of three and three teams. Uh, in my division in that league, there are two four and two teams and four three and three teams um i had saquon going into the season i have michael thomas going into the season uh and it, obviously just things have not gone the way i liked and i just don't know i don't know which way to take it so i thought this would be a good team to uh submit for the you guys see what you think so dustin you want to give the roster for the listeners and then we'll get into the trades yeah so a quarterback i feel you're, you're pretty strong um I like Tannehill more than most. Obviously, he's looked really good this year, but you have Tannehill, Bridgewater, Daniel Jones, and then now you have Andy Dalton. So that was a nice come up right there. At running back, um, I think we'll all agree that this is probably your area that probably needs some work. Yeah. Um, you have David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Lev Bell. Then you have Michael P. Ryan, Mike Boone. Um, and then you have, like, like you said, you have Saquon now on IR, Bryce Love on IR. Um, you do have Jamichael Hasty um, on your on your taxi, so maybe something will come right there. Um, at wide receiver, you're you're pretty strong. You have Keenan Allen, you have Terry McLaurin, you have uh, Slayton, Michael Thomas, Mike Williams, Greg Ward, um, Anthony Miller, Nicole Hart. So you, you have some some guys there, John Brown as well. So you're you're pretty you're really strong at wide receiver, and then at tight end you have George Kittle, Tyler Higby. Now you have Anthony Frisker um, and then like Dawson Knox, Adam Shaheen. Um, but in a non-premium, like you're, you're fine there. So overall, I, I think your team's still pretty good. Um, you know, your running backs are, are enough to get you through the year and enough to where I wouldn't want to blow up your team. So my, I'll, I'll get right into my trade. Um, it's a pretty small trade. Um, my trade was you giving up Andy Dalton and Greg Ward to Zach. Foleski, Fafelski for um, AJ Dillon, Nikhil Harry, and Dallas Goddard. Um, we, we talked a little bit about Goddard earlier in the show, and yes, it's not a tight end premium, but I still think that you know he's going to have some value that you could potentially start um, when you get into the playoffs and, and things like that. You have four quarterbacks, and Zach only has one. Um, he's four and two right now. Um, but right now, I think he only has Cam at quarterback. He lost Haskins, so he only has the one quarterback. So him being four and two, he needs to get a quarterback. Um, I like getting Dylan for the future, and I I, I still like Harry. Um, so that's where I'm at for you. Like I don't think you need to make a big move. Um, I like buying Goddard while he's on IR in a non end premium. Uh, Greg Ward with all the other pieces coming back in in Philly might not have much value much longer. So I like just getting the, that additional depth for the future um, and guys that aren't really like going to make or break the other team to make it 
a, a deal that's easier to make. And so for each of these, with, with Keith, actually, the guy submitting the roster actually on the show, we wanted to I want to have you comment on each trade. So what do you think, Keith? Uh, I like the idea of getting Goddard for sure. Uh, I've, I wasn't high on A.J. Dillon going to the, pro, the pre-draft process, admittedly. Uh, he hasn't really done much this year to change my opinion. We we didn't pick him in our you know our two round mock just recently. Right. Harry Harry breaks my heart. I was really big on Harry going into last year. I think in uh, the XFL league that a couple of us in together, I took him at 101. I traded him pretty shortly after that. But yeah, I mean his he has not shown much. Uh, I don't know what more to say about him at this point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, we'll see if I can get that done. I think that might be hard pressed to get Goddard, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I, I like it simply for getting Goddard. I, I'm with you. I'm not big on AJ Dillon. Um, Harry, who knows at this point, I'll just be honest. Like I would make that trade just for Goddard. I would drop. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, just, like, yeah. I was gonna say, even like, in non-premium, I thought, I mean, I talked about it earlier. I, I just think Goddard's value is going to skyrocket yeah. through the rest of this year. Yeah, um, yeah, and like that's something I think you could you could just do Dalton for Goddard. I just think if you're helping out a contending team by giving them another right. quarterback in a super flex league, like you deserve a little bit on top. Now Absolutely. you might not be able to get that, especially with how Dalton kind of looked. Right. Week. Maybe last week would have been the time to do that trade, <laughs> right. unfortunately. But if you are, I think I mean Harry and Dylan have shown nothing pretty much. Right. So I, I, they're yeah. decent flyers to try and get thrown in there yeah. and maybe, you know, this year or, or Dylan in twenty twenty one you get right. something. That you're buying yeah, I think you have year. I think you have a lot of pieces like around that value that like aren't going to hurt you to add on to it if you need sure. to make the deal, but like the framework of a Dalton for Goddard and a piece or two on either side, I think um, is a good framework to work around. Agree. The other, the other team, they at they have Hooper, Janu, Najoku, and Everett. So like in a non-premium, like they're fine at, right. at tight end, and they really, really, really need quarterback. Right. Um. So I, I think it's the, the framework is there. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it sounds like looking at some of the people in this league, it's more of a savvy league. So it might be harder to make that type of deal. Like most yeah. savvy owners are going to know that Greg Ward doesn't have really have much value going forward. For those but, listening, there's pretty much all industry guys, podcasters and writers in this league. So they know what they're doing. <laughs> but, um, you know, yes, they do. I can, can verify that. That other, that other owner will also probably know that he like, this is going to be his best bet to get a quarterback and yeah. not going to cost him an arm and a leg to do it, which is why I, I went with this trade. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Good ideas. Um, so uh, Derek, let's get hey, in. Wait, Rocky, you said, you said a good idea. You, you, <laughs> I don't hear any credit from you. Like it, I know you actually good. A good trade. I, I'm proud of you, <laughs> but anyway, let's get into Derek's trade. Derek, what do you got for Keith? So um, I actually picked the same uh, owner as Dustin there for pretty much the exact same reasoning. Um, I want to get this guy a quarterback. I think that's Keith's uh, biggest advantage that he has in this league um, is having the four quarterbacks currently. So mine was Teddy Bridgewater and Keenan Allen for Jonathan Taylor. So thought process there, um, Keith has Mike Williams on his roster. Like we talked about Herbert having all those weapons earlier. I think he can grab some of those points from the Chargers offense holding on to Williams and Allen um, he's not at that Julio level for me that but that we touched on earlier but I think Allen's one of those guys that's uh, obviously trending down value wise 
he could maybe help this guy in the short term. And I think uh, Taylor could help Keith out moving forward. Um, and like we've talked about, I, I don't think he's in a, a need to like completely overhaul the team. He's been hurt with injuries with Barkley and uh, Thomas. So maybe just retool, pick up a guy that can help him out moving forward behind Barkley. And I think he has a nice depth chart uh, moving forward if he could get that done. And before Keith gets into his thoughts, I just want to say my initial reaction was I wasn't I'm not sure I wasn't sure that was enough for Jonathan Taylor when you did it. But I do think, though, I mean, like you guys have both said, I mean, this guy, I think he has one quarterback. So right. right. um, And so some guys will get that. I mean, I generally don't get desperate for quarterback, but some guys will. And Keenan Allen is a really nice piece for a contending team, um, which is uh, this guy is four and two. So. And if I recall, when I looked at his roster, I feel like if he is lacking a little bit, I feel like he maybe only has two usable receivers right now, too, if I recall. Is that right? Yeah, he has uh, Boyd and Cook. And, and then, obviously, Harry, right? So, yeah. Yeah, he's he's, he's only got five receivers total. Yeah, right. so uh, at least I like that you went with. Yeah. I like how you went with Teddy instead of Dalton. Like, I went with Dalton yes. on the smaller deal. Um, I think that's going – that would make him, like, think a little bit more about the deal. Exactly. And, like, it's – Right now is the time to buy Jonathan Taylor when he hasn't like been showing really well. Um, and I think this solves Keith's running back problem as well. So like I love this trade. I think I like if you can pull it, and even then, like I was talking about earlier, add a small little piece in if, yep. if you have to to get it done. Like add a I don't know, like a John Brown or or uh, you know, a Slayton. I mean, not a Slayton, but like you know, something I like Brown that would be perfect. Brown would Adam, be perfect. Adam McCole Hardman. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't think McCole Hardman's really ever going to be a thing with Tyreek there. Like, we've been waiting. Like, Watkins is out and he's still not doing anything. Like, Adam McCole Hardman, just a name on, on to, onto the trade if you have to, but like the framework's there. I like it. And to your point, Dustin, I, I think he has the depth with this roster that it's not a team that you just need to blow up and rebuild. Because for me personally, when that's something you're looking to do, you're looking to really just acquire depth, quantity over quality at first, that you just add pieces and hope you hit on some guys. And, and I think Keith has plenty of guys on this roster. So just get, grab some guys and, and maybe look for uh, 2021 without completely re- rebuilding it. So let's get Keith's thoughts. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, I will say I'm not as high on Taylor as some other people. I I did have Ceh above him. Uh, I would actually also have Swift above Taylor if I'm being honest. But uh, that said, I know I'm not right on everything. I know Dustin's just like, whoa, what? Yeah, I I do. I like <laughs> I like Swift above Taylor. I actually um, like Swift a lot myself. There we go. See, that's Keith, why we co-own a team. Keith, Keith might like my trade more than I thought he might then when <laughs> ah, we get to fantastic. it. Fantastic. But... <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely like this idea. The whole Keenan and Mike Williams thing for sure is something I would like to split the value there. Uh, so, yeah, I'll definitely give this one a shot. Okay, and we'll we'll get into mine now then. And like like everybody said, I had no idea what to do with this team. So <laughs> I kind of tried to straddle the fence here where I think you can still compete with this trade, but you're also sort of setting yourself up a little more for next year. Um, The trade I came up with was trading Michael Thomas to Angelo FF for for Clyde Edwards-Alaire and LaVisca. Uh, The thinking behind this was that uh, I'm still not – I'm not totally sure you're contending, especially with the Saquon injury. Uh, You have hung around. Um, you have good pieces, but we've talked about not a lot of depth at RB, and even the guys you do have are kind of RB old RB two ish. So, yeah. um, 
But like like we said, I don't know that I want to blow it up either. And I generally don't like blowing up teams in Devi to begin with because it, it's a lot longer to turn around because you, you, Kevin Keith even has two rookie first, but what is he going to get in the rookie first round next year? So um, That's probably a good thing to point out too, Rocky, is with this league, it's a, a, ro- a split rookie and Devi draft and, and the picks – maybe don't have the value they would in a typical league as well. That's why we probably haven't really looked to grab picks here. Exactly. Yeah. And like I said, Keith has two rookie first. He has a Debbie second, but I, again, with the rookie pool depleted and that Debbie second is going to be a guy that's not playing for years. So, um, so like I said, you've been hanging around uh, even without Michael Thomas. So I figured maybe trade him, try and get some points into your lineup that you haven't had, uh, and uh, you get the RB depth with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, you get a little younger between him and LaVisca. Um, and uh, for, on the other side, for, for Angelo, he's got some decent receivers, but no studs. He's got like Lockett and uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, guys like that. Uh, he's got some depth there, though. He's got uh, Marquise Brown, so, you know, guys that can help you, but no one like Michael Thomas. So. Uh, oh, wait, he, wait a minute. Did you miss that he has Travis Fulgham? Oh, I'm sorry. He has the goat Travis Fulgham. So does he really well. need Michael Thomas? I get, uh, so tra- has anyone seen <laughs> Travis Fulgham and Michael Thomas playing at the same time? I don't they, think so. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> he also has Travis Fulgham. Um, but anyway, so um, – and Robert Woods is another, you know, goodish guy he has. But no, like I said, no one like Michael Thomas. So he has some depth. I think, you know, LaVisca is not going to matter that much to him. He's also, I think, second in the league in points. So even though he's also three and three, I think a, getting a stud receiver like that would appeal to him. And Edwards Hilaire obviously is a big give, um, but you have to give something to get Michael Thomas. And he does have Alvin Kamara, who's um, the RB1. And he's got Montgomery, who we talked about earlier, who's RB2-ish. And some other guys like that, Devin Singletary, he's even got, you know, guys that can maybe fill in for him like Boston Scott this week with no Sanders, Mark Ingram. So he's not like loaded at running back, but it's not necessarily going to kill him if he gives up Edwards Hilaire. So that's what I was thinking on that one. I'm curious, Keith Suss. Uh, like I just said, I, I'm a big CEH fan. Uh, not that it would really change my opinion. I also do roster Bell. Uh, and that just, however that works out, who the heck knows this year. Uh, Michael Thomas is a person I am sort of starting to fade simply because, you know, what's that team going to look like next year? Breeze, like Rivers, doesn't look fantastic right now. Uh, Thomas did play well with Bridgewater last year, but, you know, so we'll see. But, yeah, that's definitely a trade I'd make. Any, anybody else have any thoughts on this one? No, I think like all the trades uh, this week make make sense for the team. Uh, I know Angelo loves Ceh and Lavisca, and being like a Debbie league, they like those owners love their young guys. So I don't know like, and Michael Thomas has kind of had like I offered Michael Thomas straight up for CD Lamb, and I got turned down. So I don't know that you're going to get a Ceh plus. Maybe if he has a big week this week or in a couple weeks when like, but like if, if Keith is trying to still go for competing, like that might be a deal that's hard to make right this minute, just because, you know, like LaVisca there, his arrows pointing up and people still love CEH. Um, so I think it like knowing 
some of those owners that might be a difficult move to make with with Michael Thomas, but I love it if you if you can get it done. I actually um, meant to mention that that because I actually did I threw it in three calculators and two of them had like Ch and Michael Thomas super close, so I could see getting an add on being tough. Um, I, it might be a trade that works better in a week or two when Michael Thomas goes like 10 for 120 in a touchdown or something like that. Um, and I also think I meant to mention as well, I'd, I'd certainly be willing if it needs to get it done, that 2021 Debbie second that you have, uh, I'd be fine throwing that in as well. I don't, uh, you know, Debbie seconds, who the hell knows what that's going to be. So, um, and you're not getting anything from it for two, probably two to three years. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Dustin. And I, I actually meant to comment on some of that as well. But that uh, we'll finish up our find me a trade. So that finishes up the show. Uh, I want to thank Keith and Derek for coming on. It's been a great time. If you guys want to just uh, uh, give your qu- Twitter handles, and uh, I guess Keith, you can plug your uh, your your website again. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm at the Sming Dynasty. My last name and Smear, and nobody can ever say that. So Sming is my nickname. Uh, the Sming Dynasty, I do uh, participate right with the Dynasty Nerds team. They're great guys. I haven't written so much right now because I uh, am a teacher in the hybrid COVID environment, and I work basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So unfortunately, I can't write too much these days. It was happy. I'm happy to be on the podcast tonight. This is my, my free time for the night. Uh, I also have a three-year-old at home, and anybody who's a dad can attest to that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the really, really great guys I met there, just you know, in the entire dynasty community as a whole. And Rich just needs to calm down on Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> <laughs> and Derek, you want to give your Twitter handle and anything else you want to say before uh, we sign off here? The Twitter handle is at RealGoat13 for the great Dan Lefevre. Um, admittedly, not on it much, but. Um, I guess if you need to find me, it's at the top of the uh, standings in the listener league, right? Ooh, <laughs> there you go. Whereas we're down uh, in the bottom in our own listening league. <laughs> while I have the opportunity, though, I just want to say um, for all the people that want people to send you offers, be aggressive and send some trade offers, folks. That's how you get deals done. So. Right. Don't be like, Agreed. oh, what are you gonna offer me? Yes. Just send, just send <laughs> yes. the trade. Don't yeah. I don't need to group me. I don't just send the trade. Yep. Send the offer and get the deal done. Get what you want. I'm guilty of that sometimes, but that's usually when I'm busy and I like, don't have a lot of time. I'm like, hey, just start it. Like, and then I'll yeah, look yeah, at it. Like, is, yeah. We all do. We all do. But if you yeah. want that guy, if there's somebody you want, you see that guy go in the trade block, go get him. Yeah, yeah, I, lo- I love the what do you want for player X? And right. the, the answer yeah. is an offer. offer. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's been fun, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate thanks you again. on. Yep. Thanks cool. again for coming on. We'll just finish up with some of our business here before we uh, totally finish up. I just wanted to mention. Hopefully, Dustin gets this out before before this happens. But we are also going to be on War Room Live tomorrow uh, with uh, Jay and Dan. Uh, uh, so they're going for two. So take a listen to that. Um, they come on live at 7 p.m. before the Thursday night game. And just uh, give us a follow at uh, Dynasty Junkies is the podcast uh, handle. I'm at Dynasty FF Addict. Dustin's at Dynasty Junkie FF. Follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. And please, if you like what you heard, give a subscribe rate and review to both us and the DAP network. We really appreciate it. Uh, it really helps us out. So I want to thank everybody for listening. And we'll be back next week. Chunky's out.